This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by J.P. Holland, President and CEO of Johns Hopkins Health Plans. J.P., it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of Becker's and the voice that you bring to important healthcare issues for the industry. Absolutely. We appreciate that. And certainly, you know, are looking to you, you as a leader in the healthcare space. And really, um, it's great to see what Johns Hopkins has been able to do um, really as a great reputation, especially through the pandemic of keeping people informed and just having a, a great way of uh, providing care to the community. So I'm excited to learn more about what you're looking ahead to. Uh, but before we do that, could you please tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, up to you, Laura. As a quick introduction, I'm J.P. Holland, the president and CEO of Johns Hopkins Health Plans. We're a $3.2 billion provider-sponsored health plan affiliated with Johns Hopkins Medicine. Um, I joined the organization in 2019, not long before the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Uh, I came most recently from Elevance Health, formerly known as Anthem, where I was CEO of the Alliance business. We... Uh, partnered with non-Anthem insurers and providers to manage Medicaid and Medicare health plan joint ventures. Prior to that, I was with Amira Group Health Plans, primarily focused on Medicaid. Uh, and before that, I was with WellCare Health Plans, now part of Centene, focused on Medicare Advantage. I uh, spent a little bit of time in management consulting after business school. And earlier in my career, I was a Navy pilot and flew helicopters in the US, Middle East, and Europe. Uh, my dad and granddad were both in the Navy as well, so there's a little family history there. And uh, I have two lovely daughters, both in college, so my wife and I are trying to embrace our new lives as empty nesters. Uh, on the personal front, I like to run and stay healthy. We enjoy spending time on the water, boating and cycling and traveling when we can. Well, that's amazing to hear. And certainly it seems like all your experience in the healthcare industry um, really has prepared you well to tackle some of the big challenges that are happening today. So from your perspective, what are the biggest issues that you're following right now in healthcare? Well, Laura, I think there's a lot of issues to follow, but a few worth noting are healthcare access and equity, you know, disparities in healthcare access and outcomes persist even after the pandemic and uh, with our own efforts ongoing to address inequalities based on race, ethnicity, social determinants of health and geography, ensuring equitable access to healthcare services remains a priority. Uh, mental health, you know, the impact of mental health uh, during the pandemic coupled with existing stressors in our increasingly divisive society in the U.S. has intensified mental health challenges and our efforts at Johns Hopkins Health Plans are focused on expanding access to mental health services, reducing stigma and integrating mental health into primary care and physical health. Uh, other issues to follow are tech advancements. You know, there's innovations like telemedicine, uh, AI, wearable health devices and personalized medicine, which continue to transform the healthcare delivery and improve patient outcomes. However, uh, health plan's obligation to ensure data privacy, uh, address disparities and access to technology and maintaining ethical standards are on ongoing concerns. Uh, certainly addressing shortages in healthcare workers, particularly in underserved areas is a pressing issue. 
selfishly, I'd like to see more young people consider a career in managed care. It's a great way to have a meaningful impact on the quality and cost of health care, two of the most pressing issues in the U.S. And on that note, uh, health care affordability, rising health care costs and the financial burden on families continues to be significant concerns. Uh, efforts to improve health care affordability through innovation, price transparency, and cost-effective interventions are important efforts at John Hopkins Health Plans. Absolutely. That's amazing to hear. And certainly all of those elements that you mentioned, it really seems like um, have a ripple effect on being able to provide better patient care, whether it's looking at health equity, um, some of the technology, artificial intelligence, and then too, like you mentioned, um, being able to bring more people into the folds and really understanding and improving managed care. From your perspective, when you're looking at all of these different elements, um, what is most exciting to you? How are you thinking about growth and development for Johns Hopkins Health Plans in the future? Uh, well, I think that's an important question, Laura. Let me first give you a little bit uh, of background on Johns Hopkins Health Plans. So we have four health plans and a health solutions and ventures segment. Uh, across our health plans, we serve Medicaid, Medicare Advantage, TRICARE, military, and commercial health programs, and we also have a health services and venture arm where we commercialize great ideas from Johns Hopkins and bring them to employers and governments and other organizations, including Johns Hopkins ACG system, which is the world's leading population health analytics software. Uh, so at our core, we want to focus on growing where we have a unique competitive advantage in the market and can bring real value to the members we serve. And we think that lies in our member-centric approach to whole person care based on the deep world-leading expertise of Johns Hopkins Medicine. Uh, we bring industry-leading expertise of Johns Hopkins to all members we serve, including the most needy, frail, and disadvantaged in our society. Uh, navigating healthcare is hard, and even more so if you're facing other challenges at home, work, and society. Uh, everyone deserves to have affordable, effectively coordinated, member centric healthcare. So, for Johns Hopkins Health Plans, that means a specific focus on government programs. We are extraordinarily effective at coordinating care for members in Medicaid and Medicare Advantage and TRICARE military health. And of course, we're always happy to share Johns Hopkins ACG tools with organizations that are interested in better managing population health. Got it. I see. I think that definitely makes sense, you know, and it's really exciting to hear about. Um, are there any other factors that really are a part of driving your strategy? What really comes to mind to you when you think about um, the most important areas and considerations when you're looking at growth? Well, I, I guess we're concerned about a few headwinds. Um, maybe the two of uh, the greatest interest uh, being uh, uh, first healthcare uh, financing due to the cost of rising costs and aging population, uh, increased demand for services, especially in Medicaid and Medicare. Uh, these financial pressures aren't new. Healthcare costs have been aggressively rising for decades, but we're approaching a level of unsustainability in terms of total cost of healthcare. 
Uh, managed care organizations like us are increasingly being asked to reduce the cost trend and make healthcare more affordable, uh, as we should be. But uh, the means by which managed care organizations promote and ensure evidence-based care is increasingly subject to scrutiny. Uh, a prominent example is prior authorizations, which has sort of become a dirty word as of late. Um, so let me, you know, just briefly share a, a quick example. So lower back pain is a relatively common condition, especially as adults age. Uh, for patients with low risk, lower back pain, about 30% are exposed to unnecessary imaging uh, early in their treatment, which really offers no improvement in health outcomes. There clearly is a cost to this unnecessary exposure from thousands of dollars from an MRI to tens of thousands for a CT scan. And, you know, society overall bears those costs. But, you know, it could also expose patients to unnecessary high doses of radiation, which can have health implications in the future, not to mention lost productivity and other harms resulting from prescription opioids or more invasive treatments like spinal fusion. Uh, you know, evidence suggests that alternatives like physical therapy, exercise, and stretching and over-the-counter anti-inflammatory meds are more effective and appropriate. Um, and after treatment, those patients have a lower rate of prescription opioid use and the rate of pain score is lower than those who have had early imaging. Uh, that being said, managed care organizations uh, have an obligation to use prior authorizations as a tool to ensure evidence-based care, not a barrier to care. Um, the process for provider partners to obtain authorization should be clear, streamlined, and fast, and preferably electronic. You know, it's 2024, we shouldn't still be using fax machines. Um, I also think it's important to waive prior authorization requirements for some services uh, with providers who demonstrate a strong track record of consistently delivering evidence-based care. And secondly, uh, you know, managed care programs are increasingly focused on measuring and improving quality outcomes, uh, member experience and health outcomes, uh, meeting performance metrics, reporting requirements, and implementing those quality improvement initiatives can be resource intensive for managed care organizations, but it's important to our mission to provide high quality care for the members and communities we serve. Uh, unfortunately, we've seen a decline in healthcare quality since the COVID-19 pandemic. Americans just aren't getting preventative care and recommended testing as frequently as they were before the pandemic and health plan quality scores are declining in tandem. Uh, you know, as an example, there's a Medicare Advantage plan in our market that's consistently scored five stars on quality, but which recently dropped to three and a half stars. Uh, at Johns Hopkins Health Plans, we're putting tremendous effort into outreach efforts to members, providers, and community organizations to encourage high-quality preventative care. Uh, it's working for our members. In fact, we've been able to maintain our quality scores and, in some cases, increase them. Uh, so we're really proud of our focus and the results on ensuring high-quality member-centric care. 
I love that. I think it's so important. And, you know, you mentioned so many things um, in that response, obviously things that are challenges and headwinds, but also, you know, it sounds like you've got a great um, approach to them in order to um, really, you know, as you mentioned, continue to provide high quality care. And when you were talking about specifically the prior authorizations, I know that's a huge point of interest for providers as well as health plans um, to see how you're navigating. So thank you for talking through what you're doing there at Johns Hopkins Health Plans. And then too, you know, looking at the developing those metrics, quality reporting, those kinds of things. How do you really um, go about creating the metrics that make sense and um, are, are something that, you know, um, really are helpful for you on the health plan side, as well as providers and patients? Who is really part of that process and, uh, you know, how much transparency is involved or what does that look like for you? So I, I think there's a tremendous amount of collaboration and transparency in performance metrics. So when we think about what our obligations are, there's a variety of stakeholders that we're accountable to. We're accountable to our members to provide uh, cost-effective member-centric care, meet their needs, and helping on their healthcare journey and providing a high degree of member satisfaction and helping them navigate their journey. We have a series of measures that say, hey, are we doing a good job supporting member centricity? Uh, that also includes quality elements. So those are pretty clear. How can we drive improved quality? And then on the provider partnership side, are we being good partners and trying to manage things like prior authorizations, quick uh, and efficient claims payment? So uh, providers don't have to wait to receive dollars uh, that they've earned in the effective delivery of care. Uh, and then our state and federal customers have a series of uh, regulatory and operational requirements uh, that they demand uh, for the members that we serve and from managed care organizations that we all manage effectively. So we have a series of uh, metrics and dashboards that we track on a weekly and monthly bases, and we share uh, internally and with uh, appropriate stakeholders to ensure we're delivering high-quality care and holding ourselves accountable to a high degree of performance in the organization. That's amazing here. And certainly, you know, so cool to um, see that level of collaboration put, it, put into the process. Now, before we wrap up here, are there any other projects or initiatives that you're really excited about for the next year? Yeah, well, Laura, I think there's a lot to get excited about at, at Johns Hopkins. Since I joined the organization, we've been focusing on bringing uh, managed care industry best practices to bear in an organization with best-in-class clinical and research expertise at Johns Hopkins Medicine. Uh, a big part of that effort includes making investments in systems and technology that allow us to operate more effectively and better coordinate care for our members. A few that I'm excited about are uh, a new claims platform that we recently implemented. This is how we receive claims from providers and make payments to providers, and we're continuing to find how that process works so it's seamless for our provider partners. Uh, we have a new prior authorization system on coming online. It's uh, in the near term that'll help us simplify and speed up medically appropriate authorizations, which both members and providers appreciate. And after that, there'll be some really innovative opportunities, including uh, enhancements like real-time approval of authorizations and after-hour approval based on better integration with providers from a technology perspective. Uh, 
We have some new provider collaboration tools, including a new online portal for providers to receive important health information about their patients, uh, such as where there might be gaps in care or uh, a patient had a health event that landed them in an ER or an out, a hospital admission and the provider might not be aware. Um, about a third of patient care is delivered through Johns Hopkins providers uh, where there's a very close collaboration on member care. But we also need to communicate and collaborate effectively on the other two-thirds of care that's delivered with other providers uh, across the Mid-Atlantic and in the Eastern U.S. And lastly, uh, improving the experience of members and using their health coverage. You know, navigating healthcare is hard, especially when you have a health crisis and might be impacted by other social factors or potentially limited health literacy. So we want to help members on their healthcare journey and are making advancements in our ability to help navigate, such as ensuring members can get the answers and the guidance they need in one phone call and on their first phone call or online or other channels if that better fits their unique needs. That's such a great point. JP, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such a fun and interesting conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Laura, thanks so much for having me and allowing me to share a little bit about John Hopkins Health Plans. It was great to chat. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.